And now, introducing tonight's main attraction. It's the Never Bins Podcast. I don't know. I mean, I'm as good as I'll ever be. What were you even going to say? I can't remember. I think I was going to try and pull something else up, but I'll just search for it and make you wait while we're going. That's the fun of it, right? Dude, my back. What did you do? Loading Graham up in the car this morning. Big G? Little G? Little G. Little big G. Limping through school. How much does he weigh now? 17 and a half. Monster. Still kind of skinny. Wait, how old is Seven months? Eight months? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Almost eight, yeah. I forget the picture, the like month update that y'all post. Welcome the people. Welcome the people. Oh, yeah. Welcome to, what is it, week four recap? We got... Week five of college football. Week four of... Week four of the never bins, though, right? National FL. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. More importantly. Considering we do both college and pro, we probably shouldn't use a week number. But uh, welcome to the Never Bins. This is Burst. We got Glanch here. Um, we're going to recap everything sports from this past week, which we haven't really done it in the past, but golf is a big part of our lives. We love golf, even though we suck at it. But Ryder Cup uh, was this past weekend over in Italy. Um, Glanch, any thoughts outside of just the USA sucks? Uh, one thought I should have slept in. I mean, <laughs> there was no point in waking up to watch that. My, my, my daughter, Grayson wakes me up every night in the middle of the night to go upstairs and, um, lay down with her. And, uh, I grabbed my phone on Friday morning and checked. And I thought something was screwed up when I saw that we were down for nothing. And then again, when we were down like, 10 and a half to one and a half or nine and a half to one and a half. No, 10 and a half to one and a half after Saturday morning. What time did, so for the listeners and golf fans, it started technically Thursday, like in the middle of the night into Friday because Friday morning, Rome, Italy. Yeah. What time did you get up to watch? I didn't like why I ended up waking up up. Six o'clock. So it's like halfway through the, the four ball matches and just watch us just ride the struggle bus again. First time ever, I think, on Friday that the U.S. failed to win a match on day one. Yeah, it was. What was it? Seven or six and a half to one and a half. After six and one. a half, one and a half. We ended up getting three ties in the afternoon. But like, you know, it's embarrassing. obviously it's like kissing your sister. Well, we talked. To, well, I don't remember if we posted it, but we talked about it a week or two ago. And you were saying USA is like by far the favorite. And I was kind of shocked. I I looked at the odds. I think it was like, I think it was like USA was like minus 130. So a little bit closer than, you know, me being overly optimistic, patriotic guy. I think it opened like minus, closer to minus 200. Like USA was, were big faves. Yeah. But, but it shifted in Europe in 30 years. I think 1993. Yeah, what? Why is that? They said it's the same thing here, though. Like the, the road. Well, team, the, the Euros win loses. here more often, but well, part of it is part of it is. I I thought this would be. I mean, I don't want to like 
you know, upset tradition or anything like that. But like, I always thought it'd be interesting. So what they do is the Euros set up the course. And now I think with analytics and all that sort of stuff, they can just create a massive advantage. Like they totally took the wedges out of the U.S. players' hands with the way they set the course up. They made it a, you know, and they thought, I think they thought they were better putters. So they made it like a ball striking in a putting contest and obviously just dominated us. So I always thought one little change that might make things a little more interesting is, you know, maybe not both of these things, but like either let the Euros pick the course or let the U.S. pick the course when the tournament's in Europe and then the other team gets to set the course up. So, excuse me, I was listening to Foreplay, the golf barstool podcast. They were recapping it yesterday. They were saying technically a third party is in charge of the course setup or the pin locations and all that kind of stuff, which, but well, pin location maybe, but I do know, or at least I feel like I've heard, I heard a lot of talk about leading up to it. Like, you know, they grew the rough up long because they felt like they were more accurate off the tee. They didn't want the U S players to be able to have their wedges. Not that it really mattered. We had guys who, you know, couldn't even hit greens when they had opportunities with wedges. It was just totally, total disaster. So like a a lot of the talking, yeah, a lot of the talking points, the, Captain Zach Johnson versus Luke Donald, and everyone's saying Zach Johnson was terrible. But like, honestly, what what is he even doing outside of I guess the pairings? Yeah, ultimately the guy's got to play better, right? Yeah, simple as that. Play better. But as as Kepka said before, you know, play better if you want in, play better. Um, and he's right. But some like making the pairings. I think some of the guys that were picked. I don't know. Like, if you look at like the top nine guys like they ought to probably i don't want to say they ought to automatically make it but it should be really hard for the captain not to pick them if you go six automatic qualifiers and then kepka was right out i think it was kepka then spieth and then i think cam young was ninth and it's like he had a great year why would you not pick him um that's what i don't get either but and there's a couple guys that were like way down the list on points that they picked because in the past they've been good partners for certain people like you know i think burns and Scheffler are good buddies and not that Burns played bad, but like, and then JT and Spieth are like, and they have been a dominant team, but they were both in terrible, terrible form. So now the team, know. the team thing makes like pairings makes more sense to me for the foursomes, AKA alternate shot, because yeah. like you're kind of feeling each other more Four ball. I feel like you can just, they're all amazing golfers and they're getting birdies. I feel like you can just put like, you could be more strategic there. I don't know. Well, and the the well, the four ball. Yeah, I agree because the four ball. I think we actually got more points than the, than the Euros in the two four because that was like just like two good, and a half to like one and a half on Friday, and then three to one US on Saturday afternoon. So, like by that point, it's like obviously we were trying to dig ourselves out of a hole by that point. But it's like that wasn't the problem. You're right. Like where you actually where the strategy comes into play is alternate shot. Yeah, exactly. And two of our very best players, Kepka and Scheffler, like in a perfect microcosm of the tournament itself, got absolutely dealt with by Aber and uh, Hovland, right? Yeah. Nine and seven? Nine and seven. Yeah. Basically almost over at the turn. So, I don't know. I mean, it seems like every 10 years we have this discussion where the U.S. just gets like destroyed and... There's like, well, we have to totally, you know, re- reconf- yeah, we have to like totally reconfigure our Ryder Cup prep. I mean, one thing that could easily be changed, you would think, is figuring out a way to better tool, better cater the schedule, the PGA Tour schedule 
to the Ryder Cup. And I know that there's a lot that goes into that, but like those got most of the team, I think JT had played in one of the Napa tournaments, but most of the US team hadn't picked hadn't played competitive golf for five weeks since the tour championship. Is that a big deal? I feel like everyone talks about that. Why is that? I think so. I mean, there's a whole different, I don't know. I mean. Because you're not playing match play. Like, I don't think. No, but competitive golf is, at least in my mind, like, competitive golf is different than just practicing. Like, you, I don't know. But, like, do they actually care that much about going to play in Napa? You know well, what I mean? Like, it isn't like a major. Or... I don't know. I guess we're, if we're looking for reasons, what was the issue then? If it wasn't rust, like, they, yeah, they weren't as well suited for the course, but that didn't stop them from winning. They had the best sniffies. ball. Remember? They, they did have the sniffies. You are correct. I forgot about uh, that. Apparently, that was the excuse tough. after day one. That's tough to deal with. There's no doubt. Jet lag was another one I heard. I mean, yeah. Well, fly to Rome sooner. I don't know. I mean, um, now I will say the only bright spots were Homo played really well, at least the parts or the matches I got to see of him. Yeah. The coverage was kind of weird too. Like they didn't they, show they a lot was, of it. They could have shown every shot. Like during the alternate shot stuff, there was literally like, essentially they were playing, there was four mat. There was like four one-on-one matches. Cause you're each, you're, you know, you're each playing one ball. They could have shown every single shot from every single match, and instead they were going to commercial every three minutes. Who who was in charge of the U.S. Uh, TV? Because like I use YouTube. TV, well, it was so on USA. I don't know if that's. I remember that. I think NBC. I think NBC owns USA, so it was NBC. Yeah, NBC Golf Channel. Yeah, there. I, heard, I just like I, there was way too many commercials. I heard it was a U.S. thing because apparently Sky Sports in the U.K. and Europe were. Like the, maybe they the were, maybe they, maybe it was a strategic play. Maybe they were, as we said in the past, maybe they were playing some chess. They were trying to hide the embarrassment of us getting our faces dominated in. So they hey, just here, kept commercial. Hey, here, watch this Pfizer commercial. We won't embarrass you. Nine and seven. Yeah. All right. Can't I've had leave. enough. Can't lay played great. Homa played great. There were a couple bright spots. I mean, we got to talk about the made up hat drama. The Cantley Xander locker yeah. room stuff. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, and you're kind of, you know, conspiracy boy in general. So I'm wondering a little bit. I'm sure he wanted to get paid, but there's been a lot of talk about how the whole thing was just entirely it was made up. Yeah. They all said it. Cantley said, or someone said about it, he said, yeah, the hat just didn't really fit, so I didn't wear it. And then apparently well, okay, it turned but that into actually, I mean, that's, you know, that's an easy excuse if there actually was an issue. I mean, also not wearing a hat is like the weakest form of protest I've ever heard in my life. But um, he sometimes doesn't wear a hat. I've yeah, seen correct. him not wear a hat before. No, I agree. Um, I, I think it was like a, you know, I don't know. I saw some funny tweet where uh, like a, a fake conversation between, a fake text conversation between LaCava and Tiger. What? Where Ryan was like, do, what the hell's going on over there? Get him do fired something up. wild. Yeah. Fuck um, with him a little bit. I don't know. That whole I so I've seen a number of different things. I think they were talking about this on foreplay where like Rappaport was talking about the caddy should never like that's like a that's like a major etiquette violation, whatever it is. Well, okay, but the whole Ryder Cup is a major it's, etiquette violation. Exactly. The Ryder Cup is is an outlier in the golf world. So Sure. Did the Kava take it a step too far? Probably. But 
the fans are chirping. Can't lay the whole round. Can't lay just drained a huge putt. I have no problem with anything that happened out there. I have no problem with Lakava getting trying to rile him up. I have no problem. I know you are not a Rory guy, but I have no problem oh, with Rory uh, getting pissed about it. Yeah, well, he maybe didn't get maybe the about it. maybe the he didn't, the little he didn't get pissed low, about it. Yeah, he did. He didn't get pissed about it. On no, he's green. staring him down on the green. Yeah, but he didn't say anything. Like everyone argues about golf being soft. Miss. Everyone argues about golf being soft. It's not like these other sports. That was the perfect deal. That was the perfect opportunity for Rory to get in Lakava's face on the green and be like, fuck you, you bitch. And then drain the putt. Okay, sure. Drain the putt. And then it's that's like the highlight of golf for a decade. But no, he's a bitch and he does it in the parking lot. Well, right? he's I no, I don't no, he was locked in during the match. I have no problem with it. Then it wasn't a big deal. If he was you, so locked in, what's the big deal? You are a hater. I hate Rory. I think he's a little short bitch. Anyway, what was your question? I I don't remember. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't want to talk about the embarrassment. I, I just hope we my, can win a president's cup and then Beth Page. Rory was already yapping about Beth Page. My uh note on the side is to for talking points is the Kava slash Rory a bitch. So I think you made that evident how you feel. Um yeah, my other thing is Beth Page. So what did Rory say about it? He just said, like, he, I think he said something like, I may be butchering the quote here, but something like, there's no greater honor than to, or he said, in my mind, there would be no greater honor than to win a Ryder Cup on opposing soil. And that's what we're going to do in 2025. So, like, it's going to be, yeah. You know who's going to be the captain? John Daly. Well, playing captain? Tiger. Playing captain? You think he'll play? I'm asking. Is that a thing? He was he was playing captain for the President's Cup, right? Uh when? Four years ago? Five years ago? No. Not I'm... the one at Quail. He didn't play. Did he? Are you sure? No, he didn't he didn't play this past year. No, he didn't play last year. He played the one in Australia, you're right. Yeah. Mel Melbourne or Melbourne, whatever it's called. Melbourne. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if Ryder Cup, I guess. I'm in. Regardless, no, you could do that. Yeah, he was. He was 2019. He was. He was the. He was the. He named himself as a captain, and then he. I'm captain, dominated. and I'm and I picked myself. Yeah, and he dominated. He, that's the that's the famous video of him <laughs> making that. He was playing answer, and he made that putt, and he's like, you know, they've got the video of him yeah. taking his hat off and walking off. But did he? Was he a captain's pick? Yeah, captain's that's pick. That's awesome. Woods. Picking himself. I say right. I, my vote would be either John Daly or Tiger Woods to be the captain. John Daly would be awesome. Yeah. And Actually, never mind. Let's save Daly for next time we go to Europe. Yes. What about Phil? Is he just out because of the whole? No. No. Nobody no likes out? Phil. Nobody I mean, likes him. Exactly. You want the to... Europeans hate him. Protest, Phil. Is there would be your there York, would be your pro, there would be your silent protest. No hats anywhere on the U.S. team. Just high crowns. Well, if Keith makes it, which he won't. Um, Shout out Hatch. All right, all right. I've had enough of this. Let's move on to right. another subject in which there's not much to talk about. College football, at least this week. Yeah, it was kind of chalky. I feel like all the favorites won handedly. I mean, yes, it was. 
We, um, Georgia, say chalky. I'd, I'd say sleepy. Georgia kind of slept through another game. That was a good game. Georgia at Auburn. At Auburn. Yeah, Auburn played them well. And I think, I don't know, we'll see. I, you know, it's hard to tell so early in the season. Again, you know, these they go play these interconference matchups sometimes, and you can't tell who's actually going to be a good team. Um, like Auburn should have lost to Cal. I think they, Cal, and, you know, who knows if Cal's any good whatsoever. I don't think they are, but, you know, and then they go and play the number one team in the nation tight. That's kind of like Georgia's just, that's kind of been Georgia's MO really the past couple of years, just like sleepwalk through it. Now they have Kentucky coming up. Can they, can they do that this week? Or are they going to, you know, are we going to see the real Georgia's, you know, if there is a real Georgia team, the other one, Red River rivalry coming up. Uh, last Big 12 version of the Red River rivalry. Yeah, good uh, point. Will they continue to do that? Yeah, they'll continue to do it, but just, you know, the last last Big 12 version of it anyway. Yeah. Um, is, it always, exciting. is it always this early in the season? I always thought it was yeah, like later. Typically, no, typically it's like one of the first conference games of the year. Really? I don't know why I thought yeah. that. Um, like I, I want to say it's well, it's always during the state fair, which is going on right now, Texas State Fair. Oh, that's a fun fact, yeah. Um, fact. so, uh, you know, they'll everyone, all the everyone will descend on Dallas, Texas for, uh, in my mind, what is you know, one of the top two or three rivalries in college football. I mean, you got Michigan, Ohio State, that's I feel like the clear one, what Alabama, else Auburn. Yeah, Iron Bowl. That's probably um, it's probably three then. Yeah, Tennessee, Florida is a good one, but I don't know if it's Army, Navy. Ooh, that is a good one. But it's definitely I, up forget, I guess. Well, I always when I was growing South. up, when I was growing up, I always liked Texas, Texas A and M better until you know I got into like high school. It all but depends then, of course, on you know A and M. Yeah, it depends on the form of the team. It's coming also. back though. Like me being in Charlotte, we didn't care about Texas, Texas A&M. No, but, you guys but like really Texas, about... Oklahoma, it's whatever. You guys possibly... don't really care about football. Yeah, I mean, there isn't till Clemson national had... national implications. Well, which ones like gonna... which which ones like North Carolina's biggest rivalry for football? Is it is it South Carolina or NC State? You mean like in which state? It would be no, it would, yeah. Well, which one's bigger? Is it North Carolina, South Carolina, or is it North Carolina, North Carolina that's, State? That's kind of a new one, honestly. Clemson, South Carolina is probably the biggest, yeah. Uh, I guess rivalry in college football around here. Like, honestly, college basketball dominates clearly. Yeah. UNC, Duke. North Carolina, Duke, obviously. The other college one, at least, used to be Southern Cal, Notre Dame, but it's yeah. all it's because of like national TV, right? I think, I mean, at least for. People within it probably have, you know, different feelings, but like for like people like me who don't necessarily care about it, unless they're, you know, unless they're good. Like I used to love watching Florida State Miami growing up every year because they were two of the best teams in college football. Yeah, that's that goes back to the form. So it, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's much else to talk about college football wise. I, you we know, Colorado, Colorado lost again. They made it interesting late. Um, yeah, still a little unsure about SC's defense if they're going to be able to like stop people when they need to. Caleb Williams is impressive. I mean, everyone, he's the clear number one, but yeah, 
that was the first time I really watched him play like a full game. He throws a good ball. He's super talented. And obviously, you know, that Lincoln has had some unbelievable success with quarterbacks over the past five, 10 years. Um, Who are his top products? Baker, Kyler. Baker, Kyler, Jalen Hurts, and now Caleb. Hurts. Yeah. Do you think Caleb's worthy of this, like, once in a generation type? I hate to be, I hate to be like a fence sitter, but like, well, okay, so sit on that fence. Well, take both sides. Okay, so one, one, I think, I think people that here, here it is. I think, I think guys like, uh, uh, Luck and Manning and, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and I'm probably missing a guy or two, I think potentially in a different class. Who? Cam? Well, yeah, Cam. He was more um, just because he dominated college football. I don't think he was hyped before that. Like those, but those guys, you know, they were like number one all the way through. I mean, obviously there was some debate with Peyton if he was going to be, if it was going to be Peyton or Ryan Leaf. Like with Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck was like, it was, he was it. It was, he was number one. He, he was going to be the best quarterback in football. And did you, you might not know this because it was more of a local thing, but I'm sure you heard it. He, it was the year we took Carolina took Cam 2011. He would Andrew Luck was the unanimous. He would have probably went one over Cam. We would he have taken school. He decided to go back to Stanford because he didn't want to go to the Panthers. Was the rumor, but gotcha. that happens all the time. It's kind of like Caleb. They were talking about if Arizona has the one pick, he doesn't. He might just go back to Southern Cal. Yeah. So, so I mean, that proves your point that Andrew Luck was rated like this amazing talent he would have been mocked ahead of cam and cam was yeah. the best college football quarterback of all time that year yeah but anyway to answer your question i do think caleb is worthy of the hype i don't know that he's necessarily like i mean we'll see i you know i i for the sake of the quarterback position in the nfl i hope he is you know just in terms of like finding new young talent that can be successful and carry the league because that's really what happens in the nfl i hope he is i don't know that I can necessarily say like, yes, he is, you know, the next Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning type guy, you know, I mean, even, you know, even Trevor Lawrence, I think Trevor Lawrence was, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence had a, obviously it's a different day and age in terms of social media and stuff, but like the hype that he had was almost to that level. And, you know, he's had some struggles going into even, even on into year three um, where you saw Luck and, and Peyton really take off already at this point in their careers. So, okay. so um, but no, nonetheless, he is incredibly fun to watch. He does, he plays the game, uh, like totally different from how I grew up watching quarterbacks. He's got an, a wild imagination. He's got an unbelievable ability to keep plays alive. He's got a really good arm. He, he looks to be pretty accurate. Um, how, you, uh, what are his measurables? I, it, you know, he doesn't look like he's as tall he's, or big as the prototypical, I think he's like Mahomes size. I think he's pretty okay. big. Well, and he plays a lot. He like plays that. like him. Yeah. Would you compare him to Mahomes? That's what people try to do. Like, is he that kind anyway, of talent? Yeah. Really? I mean, they got him listed at six one. So we'll see. You know. What I mean? How, how big's Mahomes? How tall is he? Let us see. Six two. Um. Well, if you read it on Wikipedia, it's got to be true, right? 6'2". Yes. 225. Stout. Put on some 
Maybe he's been hitting the weight room like Glanch back in the day. Maybe so. All right. We um, talked. Uh, the other one, before I get into my rule update of the week, the LSU Ole Miss. Just I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about rule this week. Um, oh, we're talking about it. I don't. Really we talked about it for his wins. All Every right. time I changed it, it was like the Ryder Cup. Every time I changed it to that game, it was a commercial break. So I have no idea what happened. Um, I mean, it was just a t- Michigan touchdown after touchdown. Uh, sorry, what did you say before that? I can't remember. I got sidetracked. LSU Ole Miss. Oh, like, yeah. That was a fun yeah. game to watch. Just back and forth. I mean, it's funny how different the SEC, SEC the, like the good SEC games are now compared to, you know, 15 years ago watching like um, – LSU and Alabama battle it out for the national to, to see who would get to go to the national championship. And they could only muster seven combined field goals. I think it was 12 like, to nine. I was going to say nine to six. I think LSU, I think whatever, whatever year that was 2010 or 11 LSU wins 12 to nine in the, in the, you know, in the, in their rivalry. And now you can look at the good sec games, Tennessee, Alabama from last year, the one you just mentioned uh, <clears throat> Ole Miss uh, LSU. It's, it's yeah, everything's a shootout now. Offensive minded. Yep. All right. The rule update of the week. Wait, before you go, before you get into that, because I don't want to talk about it. Did did Wofford win? Oh, you want to Wofford first? (laughs) No, we did not. 0-5. Let's go. We hosted Chattanooga. Tied at the half. uh, Lost. The Ponies beat Charlotte. Charlotte. Yep. Charlotte's got a new coach. Do they? Looks wild. Big Cat posted him as football guy of the week. He's just wearing like a white cutoff. He's like a husky dude. SMU handled him 34 to 16. Where was it? In Dallas. Hmm. I don't know if Charlotte's supposed to be that good though. Are they? Let's see what their record is. They to be honest, are... I don't follow Charlotte football. The Charlotte 49ers, one and four. Yeah. So probably not. Um, all right. Give me your quick little rule update. I don't really want to talk about it, but go ahead. Rule update of the week. Yep. Two and two heading in. Home game. Third in a row. Yeah. Hosting Michigan. Number two in the country. So they finally play a good opponent. Good test for rule. Um, it was 28 nothing, like mid-second quarter, I think. Michigan. It was an absolute bloodbath. 45-7 final. So on the board at least. Yeah, it was a little garbage time touchdown. Um two and three. I think you one in one and two in the Big Ten or one and one. No, they're oh and two in the Big Ten. Oh oh yeah, they don't have the Big Ten. Sorry. They Colorado is their other loss. So yeah. oh and two in conference. That's pretty good. Good start for your boy. Moving along. All right. Do you have anything else to offer? Football. No, nah, just oh, let's preview who's he get to bounce back. He's got to go to Illinois night game Friday. I don't know anything about any Big Ten teams. I'd... I watched I Illinois ran. Illinois is a three and a half point favorite. All right, so about an even about an even match. They lost to Purdue by twenty three this past week. Purdue shout out Hudson Card Lake Travis guy. Ooh, is Purdue pretty good? They beat. I know they beat Virginia Tech. My brother. They've been a little up and down this year so far. All right. Let's get to let's get to NFL Week Four. 
before we do that, some people like to rep our sponsors. Some people are right. presenting sponsor. Olivia Burson. Presenting sponsor. Brandon Lawn Real Estate. Brandon Lawn Real Estate, but really Olivia Burson Real Estate. Yep. If you're in the uh, Charlotte metro area and need any residential real estate needs, call Olivia Burson Real Estate. Thanks, thanks for that shout out, Clinch. You're welcome. Uh, all right, to NFL. First game Thursday night. The Lions absolutely dominated the Packers 34 to 20. I know the score is a little closer, but it was 24 3, I think, in the first half. Yeah, they were all over them. Um, I all think over Jordan, them. Jordan Love had the lowest QBR possible. I forget what the exact number was. So are the, uh, are the Lions for real? Uh, I think they are because this they lost at home to Seattle, right? Yeah. In, in week two. Yeah. And then they beat Kansas City at Arrowhead. I think that they might. Good, I do so. think that there is a very clear as, as it seemingly there is a very clear difference in both conferences. Obviously, we can get into this a little more between the top two teams, maybe top three. And then the te- the next level of teams. Yeah. So like, you know, obviously San Francisco won again. Not much to talk about with their game. Philly won again, although they do look like, I keep saying this, they keep, they keep finding a way to win, which is really all that matters. But they do look like there's maybe a little chink in the armor there. Um, it is all that matters. But if JJ was on here, what's that thing he always says? Regression to the mean. Those games are going to start flipping at some point. And... You, don't you are you are you are an analytics guy now. I hate it. I mean, Speaking of, we may need to get we may need to phone JJ and talk a little talk. He talked some more coaching decisions from this past week at some point, like coming up soon. Because I keep seeing stuff that's like, what are some of these guys doing? We'll just have. And JJ I wonder if the numbers. The we'll have JJ pull the book out, and he'll be like, "Well, this is why you do it because uh, someone in 1984 did it, so you have to do it today." Anyway, uh, but anyway, I, I, I digress. The Lions, we'll see. We'll see about the Lions. I think they are, but I do think that they're maybe a step below, like the the Niners and the in the Eagles, and maybe even the Cowboys, Cowboyses of the world. Well, they have a patty cake game this week at home, so shout out Panthers. Um, any thoughts on Jordan Love? Because he was looking really good, I thought, through three weeks, and then took a step back. To be honest, as is uh, common thus far on the podcast, I went to sleep, did not watch the game, <laughs> didn't have much interest in it. Um, but yeah, I think, well, okay, so n- number one, there's going to be a learning curve. He hasn't played yet. And everyone was hyping him up, talking about how he was the truth uh, after week two. So he has mostly been up and down so far. I think where you're going to, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I was maybe uh, a little bit of a victim of this after watching him win week one um, and, and and play great week one is you look at LaFleur, who was supposed to be, LaFleur is kind of part of that Shanahan, McVeigh, uh, McDaniel coaching group that, you know, all of them have been so wildly successful offensively. Um, but you haven't really seen them fully in rhythm with, LaFleur's type of stuff. I know the past couple of years, LaFleur has sort of been fighting, going back and forth with 
I won't say fighting, but you know, when you have a veteran quarterback like Rogers, who's played for so long, they have a pretty set way of how they want to do things. And so I don't think you met, maybe saw the full, uh, Matt LaFleur offense. And, uh, and, and so now we should be seeing it, but you know, love is still kind of getting acclimated to playing in the NFL as he's, you know, he may be a third or fourth year guy, but he hasn't played. And so, um, I guess basically what I'm trying to say is the jury's still out. Okay. I guess we'll just continue to follow him. Um, it's a good part. This is a good part for me to ask you what is, and for the listeners, what is the Shanahan exact tree? Does it, I date back to, to, uh, is it Mike Shanahan? Yeah. I mean, well, and I think it just so happens. I don't think, I mean, I was like the, 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 the stem the the initial like the the very basis of the run game is still Mike Shanahan wide zone um, type offenses and um, if you look at Washington in the early 2010s where Mike Shanahan was and when Kyle Shanahan first got into coaching I believe on that staff and there may be even more guys but I do know for sure that uh, Mike McDaniel Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay Matt LaFleur and there, like I said, there may be even one more, one or two more guys that was, were there. Was O'Connell there? The Minnesota? They were all be worth looking up. They were all part of that staff um, and kind of just bounced ideas off one another in terms of they were, I think they were all like, I think McVay actually got moved to quarterback coach first and the rest of them were all like quality control analyst type positions before they got in. So obviously they splintered off. Kyle ended up being Atlanta's OC. Yeah. They're like, let's just go to today's age, right? You got Shanahan and San Fran, McVeigh in LA, LaFleur in Green Bay, Mike McDaniel down in Miami, and then potentially I think O'Connell's from the tree as well in Minnesota. But all those offenses, are they running this exact same offense or does it start to like form into these other? They all have their versions? own little thoughts on it. Um, everything they all have their own little ideas and thoughts within the offense, certainly. But what's um, the base? What's the basis of this offense? Because I feel like a lot of casual list- listeners will hear the comparisons, but then there's so many different teams from this tree that it's like, is it all just the same thing? And they're all successful. No, it's 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 not the same thing. I mean, again, this all goes back to the running game. I think they all have different ideas on the passing game, and they all do a very good job of using what they have. Like you see, the Rams do such a good job getting Puka Nakua has basically stepped in and been Cooper Cup without Cooper Cup, yeah. um, and then Mike McDaniel has, <clears throat> excuse me, all these playmakers that he does such an uh, such an awesome job using. Uh, O'Connell, if you want to use him, which he O'Connell. Uh, was actually still playing um, when when that staff was together in Washington. So technically, maybe not part of the tree, but he was McVay's offensive coordinator. Okay, uh, that's it. That's what I was thinking. Of. Zach Taylor would be another example of that. His offense is wildly different based on what he has, or I, I say wildly different. They they are they are similar in that they all stem from the same idea. They all stem from you know running wide zone and then what you can do off of that with play action pass um, and. Uh, there's actually a great podcast about this by the athletic. Um, I'd have to look up what the name of it is, but um, which I can do right now, but um, that kind of goes through the little, the, the history of that. Um, uh, the, what was it? It was a series, the athletic football show. 
And let me see here if I can find it. Well, anyway, regardless, I'll, I'll get the name of that. But they 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 all do they all do a really good job. I think what they're best at, and they are all great coaches. I think what they're best at is using their personnel to sort of branch out from that base system and you know kind of do what their team does best. And I think they all had probably their own individual ideas about where to take the offense, even when they were together and younger uh, as analysts and as they moved up the coaching ranks. And then now you've started to see them all branch out and get head coaching slash offensive coordinator jobs and be successful in that regard. Yeah. I mean, for big picture to me, like you said, it's just zone wide zone. I guess I didn't ever think of it that way, but I would just say like zone running game play action with a lot of shifts and motions. Yep, exactly. Uh, the the name of the it's 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 the football podcast by the Atlantic and the name of the series is called the Play Callers and it's five episodes highly recommend. Hmm. Okay, after um, you listen to the Neverbends, go check of course. that out. Yeah. yeah. All right, next game, um, the Toy Story game, the London game. Yeah. Falcons Jaguars Jaguars twenty three Falcons seven. Did you did watch you, the Toy Story? Did game? you watch you the? Have... I did not. No. Um, I saw some clips of it. I was watching Ryder Cup during that. Um, yeah, but my buddy who has a two young kids said it was awesome. It looked I pretty cool. I, it's a great idea. I mean, you know, I, 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 I honestly, I probably should have turned it on just for a few minutes just to see. I, I showed, I showed Grayson, my daughter, a clip, a couple of clips of it, and she was um, like all excited about Toy Story football. She kept saying, "That's Toy Story, Toy Story football." <laughs> So, I love that. I love that Slinky was the chain gang. Yeah, very creative. Very creative. No doubt. Hope they do it again. Yeah, I think it's cooler than the Nickelodeon thing. To be it honest. is now on Disney Plus to watch the replay of. So I might have to check in. Oh, or you know, check it out. I might do that too. All right, next game. This one was interesting. Uh, Battle of the Unbeaten's Denver thirty-one, Chicago twenty-eight. You mean Fields? That battle of the never beaten anyone's yeah true chicago hasn't won a game in 18 games or something is that right never won a game since elon musk purchased twitter x yeah sorry well i guess he purchased uh, right um, uh, fields what a bounce back is denver just that bad they must be that's uh i mean i i couldn't i couldn't believe it watching how success how, how different the bears looked early in the game you know, actually really for, through the first three quarters. Now the fourth quarter, they totally obviously fell apart and collapsed and uh, kind of a season saving win there for the Broncos. Cause you know, you get to own four losing game, losing in a couple blowouts like that in a row. That's when things can really start to turn ugly within the locker room. But um, the bears man. had 471 total yards. I want to say I saw Justin Fields was 23 of 24 through the first three quarters. Yeah. I'll get to his stats. 26 first downs. Um, he had 7.7 yards per attempt. It's pretty – that's really good. Four touchdowns, yeah. 170 rush yards. The The difference is Denver had zero turnovers and Chicago had two. It's really the only difference. In, and one of those Denver turnovers – one of those Chicago turnovers tied the game up late, you know, early in the fourth quarter. Or yeah, anyway, Fields was quarter, I guess. 28 to 35. 80% completion, 335, four touchdowns. So he was 
23 of 24 and then finish the game five of 11 in the fourth quarter when they were, when they really needed it. Not that it's necessarily on him all the way, all the way. They, they started having some trouble protecting and he had a, you know, a grounding penalty that was pretty costly late in the game. And um, so, yeah, that was a, uh, what can you say about the bears? That was a epic collapse. Well, they're mocked to have the first, the top two picks in the draft. So. There they you could go. Get, maybe, maybe, maybe that's uh, maybe they're playing some chess there. Yeah, get Caleb. Yep. Um, next game, Ravens twenty-eight at the Browns three. Deshaun Watson was out, and not Watson. like Deshaun Watson was like not ruled out until like Sunday morning. I don't know that. What happened? I don't know that we had some shoulder issues, but I, I, I uh, there was at least a. I mean, he was, I think he was listed as questionable. So I'm not sure that there was, I, I, I thought for sure he was going to play. So he must've gone out to throw pregame and decided it was a no-go obviously, but you know, as a backup quarterback, I mean, sure. That's what you prepare for, or that's what you, you have to prepare for. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I'd imagine he probably didn't get all the reps in the week and had no, I, you know, he didn't know he was going to be starting not to make any excuses for him, but they just got dominated by the Ravens who, uh, so far, I think they've been battling some injuries and I know they had a tough lot to the Colts, but so far they have looked pretty good. Um, offensively Lamar looks, you know, healthy and confident and he's, uh, also on my fantasy team. So I hope that he, you know, keeps on rolling full steam ahead, but they've been, I, I like watching him play. Yeah. Lamar's awesome. The Browns had 166 yards on 65 plays. Is that good? Is that good? Jinx. Jinx. It's not good. Um, they're, everyone was talking about how ama- JJ talked about it last week, how amazing their defense is, but doesn't really matter if your offense does Can't that. do anything. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of offensive struggles, next game, Cincinnati 3, Tennessee 27 in Nashville. Time to sound the alarm on the Bengals. Can you... Can you just cancel out contract, big contracts that you just dished out like a month prior? It's tough. I know he's injured. I know Burrow's injured. I know that his what cap is, is bothering him. Which cap? Like, what are we talking about? I don't know. I'm just saying it's been a talking point. They This is, this is like worse than Ryder Cup sniffies. Well. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's tough. And And you're right. I mean, you know. You pay the quarterback and the rest of the team gets worse. It's pretty simple math. It's just what happens. I mean, they, you know, they, they, I certainly can't imagine that they thought they were going to start like this. I know their offensive line's having some struggles right now. It's just, they, you keep thinking that they're going to turn it on as they have the past two years with kind of lukewarm starts. And then they just hit the gas and got red hot last year. And I think they did something similar in 2021. Um, I don't know. It's that, you know, just watching that game that was going back and forth on red zone, it just constantly looks like I think every pass Burrow threw from the pocket or every, every, I think maybe all but like one pass Burrow threw in the game was from the pocket. Like he, you know, he's not moving around as well. Potentially a little bit of lack of trust um, in, in that calf. But at the same time, like if you're going to go out there, got to make it work, you know, play better. I mean, I got to, they go to Arizona. They go to Arizona this week. 
And then they have just- two games that they should be favored in, I believe, before their bye week. And so I, it's uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think they should be. I mean, let's just put it this way: they're favored at Arizona by three. It opened at eight, so I feel like people aren't very confident in them. Then they host Seattle. Seattle's been oh. playing really well. I mean, yeah. that could be a coin flip. That's you know that's that's a mistake on my part. They're, they're I would imagine that I would imagine Seattle will be favored in that game. Yeah, pending. I mean, I guess it, if they go lose at Arizona, then yeah, Seattle will be. Yeah. Favored. But then they have at San Fran. Well, they got to buy week first. So again, you know, do they have a week to get Burrow healthy and kind of retool things? I don't know. Listen, listen to the schedule after the buy. At San Fran, host the Bills, host the Texans at Baltimore. That's rough because Texans, Houston's playing good football too. Oof, is what I would yeah. say to that. Oof, sound the alarm in the fake Queen City. All right, game of the week: Miami twenty, Buffalo forty-eight. I saw some stat where teams that have scored sixty points in NFL history are one in six the following week. Yeah, so one in seven that would have been a nice little yeah nugget to know going into the week. Um. It's always those stats always come out in hindsight. I feel yep. like, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Bills look great. I think we, we we've talked about Josh Allen a little bit every week since since he had that clunker of a game on Monday uh, to open the season uh, on Sunday night or whatever it was. But no Monday night. They they uh, they he just looks like himself again. And he's I was watching ESPN yesterday, and Orlovsky was talking about. I mean, he truly is well. He, if, if he's, you know, it's him and it's him and Mahomes as far as talent is concerned, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. It's just, can you find a way to eliminate those boneheaded plays and be aggressive within the offense and continue to make plays? And he's done that almost every play since then, uh, since, since week one. And he's been really fun to watch and they're going to be really hard to stop if he keeps doing that. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it after the loss to the Jets. Uh, can Dirk, can Dorsey get him right and get it on the right track? And that offense is rolling now. It, it's the only thing I know, right, is because I was only in Carolina, but it's reminding me of the Shula Dorsey offense when Cam was rolling in 2015. Yeah, that's a good point. It looks that's a lot a good like point. It. they. They. I know they're there. I know they. They. I know that. I do know in talking a little bit with 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 Dorse uh, last year that that he has taken some, he's definitely taken some stuff from Dayball, um, especially, uh, especially, um, I know that, you know, just like the, the QB run stuff, I think, you know, I mean, obviously that, that the, the Panthers were great at that with, with Cam. Um, but I do know that they've taken some stuff from Dayball, but you're right. It, it does look like it's morphed into s- some of that similar stuff that we were doing with Cam and that you guys did so well with Cam for years. He's starting to get the power what the Shula offense was is power running game, two tight ends, play action, vertical passing. And that's kind of what and Josh looks really doing. comfortable doing that. I think I meant, I think I touched on this last week, but Josh looked really comfortable under center play action pass is the shot there. Can I throw it up to one of those great wide receivers I have? And then if not, he's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll take second and seven or second and six, just check it down. And he's done a really good job of that instead of running around scrambling, trying to make a play every single time. Yeah. Well, we'll continue to watch. I think Buffalo is, I guess, the number one in the AFC now, potentially. They have the highest point differential in the league, um, even with a loss. All right, 
Philly 34, Washington 31. And over talked a little bit about this already. Just the Eagles keep on. I don't know if it's sleepwalking. I don't know if, I mean, obviously every team's different every year. They just looked so good last year, basically for the, for the whole season. And every single game so far has kind of seemed like it's 50, 50. So, um, you know, they, that now they're, they're undefeated. Can't take that away from them. Um, but uh, I don't necessarily know that they look like the same team as they look like last year. Um, I was going to ask you a question and I'm trying to find the exact play. I think it may have been an overtime. Uh, yes, it was an overtime third and five. Anyway, it was uh 31, 24 Philly and Washington had a great drive down the field to tie it up. Basically. I would be interested to know if JJ, what JJ thinks based on, on the, what to do there. Well, I, I, I do know that he would probably say go for two there. Uh, but that goes back to what I would love to talk to him about it or you for that matter. It goes back to that offense was gassed. So I wonder if that had something to do with just kicking it. I don't know. I don't know. They got the ball. They won the coin toss, which yeah. is going to be my question. But I don't know if you saw it they still, But were they not still tired then going right back out to play offense? I mean, I mean, you at least get a break there. I guess. I don't know. My, 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 my question was going to be this. Philly throws a ball down the field and throws a touchdown to AJ Brown with like a minute and 40 left. It was second and four. And I think the field goal was going to be like 40 yards now, 40, 45 yards. Now, certainly that is not a guaranteed make, but like if you get one more first down, the game's over and you kick a field goal that's under 40 yards. And I think I want to say the make rate for NFL kickers in that distance is like over 90%. We used to talk about that a little bit in new England. Like even if you get inside 50 yards, it jumped the the make percentage goes way up for NFL kickers. And I certainly know you don't want to leave it in the kicker's hands, but then you don't even risk going to overtime. But what's the win percentage of being up a touchdown with a minute? I don't know, but they don't even have a chance. You can end the game with the ball. But like, there's the chance like, but there's the chance of missing, is what I'm saying. Are those sure there's a chance of missing, but is like the ninety percent make rate the same as the ninety percent win rate of being up a touchdown? I'm not your I'm not your analytics guy. Can't say. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's it, it you know again this is something that I, I I'd like to explore a little more like like what Mahomes did on on Sunday night against the Jets instead of scoring to go up ten he just slid and kneeled the game out now obviously they're already ahead in that situation but like that's just such a smart play like yeah being up ten sure you win almost every time but when you <laughs> slide and in the game you win every single time but that's not the same as this scenario no it's not but again making a field goal under 40 yards for an nfl kicker is probably but well i was gonna say you could get it blocked and lose well right it's worth it's worth a conversation um what i was gonna say this is a rule thing that i as a receiver i didn't even know the rule and they didn't even talk about it in a that rule thing or a are you not a mat not a mat rule of football r-u-l-e no H. All right. Washington won the toss, got the ball. I think it was, yeah, it was the first, uh, first third down, third and five. Hit McLaurin on a high seven corner. Yeah. He made an amazing catch, got yes. one, his left down, I think. And then the safety fell for the corner, Blakenship. I think he's a safety. 
he was on the ground, his forearm, no part of him was touching out of bounds. McLaurin's other foot landed on his forearm and then the toe rolled over and basically like hit the line. It was very close. They, they reviewed it and said it was incomplete. Why is his, why is hitting him not count as in play? It's a good question. That, I think this, the same thing applies with like a running back that gets rolled That's... over somebody and doesn't, they're not down if they're just on top of someone. Um, cause I, I, I remember that I was, I, I remember thinking the same thing. Like, does that count as his foot being down? But with the it running should. back, I, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I would I like... be interested to hear the rule. Like, is there a rule in the rule book that states that, or were they just kind of going like, eh, yeah, he's out. It's a good question. I would imagine that there's, pro- I bet that there's a rule. Cause I, I can't imagine that's the first time that's ever happened. I mean, it was I don't, it was a wild play to me. I, I, as a receiver, I would think that would count because if he's not there, his foot's in play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, to play devil's advocate, if the linebacker tackling the running back's not there, he's down, you know? So I don't know. It's. Yeah. They win that. They might win that game. For sure. I need, I need another rule. Where's JJ? Um, Vikings, Panthers. Um. Golly. Opening drive. Really feel like Carolina should have won that game. 21, Minnesota, Carolina 13. Um, Opening drive, Minnesota gets ball, just goes right down the field. And then Kirko throws a flat route against zone that gets taken 99 for a touchdown. And he gets blasted on trying to make a tackle. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking on that play. Um, Carolina did not score an offensive touchdown they've scored one at home in two games and it was in garbage time so the offense is looking just not unbelievably bad yeah um what i said it when they hired right everyone said he's this offensive guru i was hands in the air like what offensive guru you're mr hindsight and mr did I not, did question I not, everything did i not say that though I don't remember. Please yeah, do. You, yes, you do. I've been saying this. since the season started that he, I never knew he was an off this quarterback guru, offensive like mastermind. Wow. So it's starting to take shape. Yeah, they What's found the a way. To, I mean, you know, just simply the Panthers found a way to lose a game that they really should have won with two turnovers, um, one run back for you know it's 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 I would say I don't know the exact numbers, but it's tough to lose games when you score a defensive touchdown. Well, it's not that hard to lose when it's your only touchdown. That's a good point. Um, I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Like, I don't think it's a Bryce Young issue. People in Charlotte are starting to think so. And a lot of it has to do early for that. It's way too early for that. I agree. I think it's a coaching problem. It's way too early for that. Well, okay. So they, I mean, they had the number one pick. They don't have a great team. Like we got to, like we got to pump the brakes on this. You know, you got well, to. That's they traded up. They traded up for the number one pick. I know, but they still they were not they were not a great. I mean, you guys weren't Panthers weren't very good last year. It's not like they they, almost, what, where did they trade up from? They almost made the playoffs last year. Where did they trade up from? Uh, nine, I think. Eight. They nine. didn't really almost make the playoffs. Were you guys six and ten? Six and 11, seven and seven and 10. Seven and 10, I think, but they, 
Big yeah, beat. but in the worst Bucks. division in the worst division in football. I mean, it's point being is like the height. They haven't played that many good. Minnesota was zero three at home. You don't score a touchdown. They're one of the worst defenses in the league. So, on, relative to Minnesota, I saw an interesting stat, and this is this takes it back to last year. I saw it was a scatter plot of where all the teams rank offensively and defensively, and. Last year, going into week 16, the Vikings were 11 and three. This year, going into week five, the Vikings are one and three. They were in the exact same spot on the scatter plot, right in the very middle offensively and defensively. Like what um, you said last week, regression to the mean. Yeah. All they needed was a, a cupcake game in Charlotte to get back on track. Yeah. So let's just move on. From that, Tampa Bay 26 at New Orleans 9. Baker. Big show. Big show. Yep. Friend of the program. Top of the division, 3-1. and one. Yep. They look good. They, they I mean, it, well, number one, obviously, tuning into their game every week just to watch watch Baker play. But they've done, they've done a nice job. I mean, obviously, had a, a little bit of a clunker on Monday night against the uh, Eagles. But they've done a really good job um, so far this year playing to their strengths. Um, I know that, you know, every, every game's sort of been close, but they've played good defense. They've run the ball well, and they've given Baker a chance to make plays uh, when, when, you know, when, when presented with them. So, and they have good receivers on the outside. So, um, you know, I know um, you Charlotte folks, obviously not rooting for the Bucks, but you know, it's fun to watch the Bucks play well, even after moving on from, from Brady. I think Bake got a lot of hate because of the situation here. Like me initially, I was just mad that we, the Panthers even made that trade because it wasn't going to fix anything. Like, yeah. Right. There was so many problems clearly with everything in this franchise. All right. Next game, LA Rams 29 over Indy 23. Yeah. Just grouping these two, this one and the, in the Texans game together, Stroud and Richardson have looked like the two best rookie quarterbacks so far. Um, They've been, you know, played, they've played great. And I, you know, I somewhat shocking to me. I don't know um, about other people, but I didn't see this from Stroud playing this well. Um, Obviously uh, maybe Richardson as well. Um, I think we talked a little bit about Richardson being somewhat similar to Cam. He looks faster than Cam to me, but big guy, big arm. In fact, he took a couple hits the other day that reminded me of some hits that Cam got penalty that 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 they wouldn't throw flags on for Cam, and they appear to have already started throwing flags on for Richardson. And I know the game has continued to evolve and change. Yeah, good for him. But um, Stafford got the dub. Yeah, in the end, boy. they jumped out to a huge lead. Colts had a really nice comeback, and then and then the 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 Rams ended up finding a way to squeak it out in overtime. And then the Houston score was thirty Texans six Steelers, which is a mollywop. Yeah, you don't typically see that from the Steelers very often. Like they're they they may not be as good as they used to be with Big Ben, but you don't see them get dominated like that. Um, uh, Pickett got hurt. I don't know what part of the he game. He hurt his knee, but it was already by that point it was already a blowout. Um, yeah. D'Amico Ryan's is doing a really good job there in Houston. Yeah, sucks that he declined to even interview here because that would have been a good hire. That's another Shanahan treat, the OC in Houston. Would you have gone palms up about him? I would have loved that. I wanted Wilkes, for the record. 
but it all comes like what OC would Wilkes have gotten. Could he have snagged the enemy? Like Washington snagged? Yeah, good I mean, question. You have, can you imagine Tomiko here with, I forget the OC's name that he brought from the Shanahan tree. That offense yeah. is making Stroud look, I mean, Stroud's talented, but he's, can you imagine Bryce in that offense? Yeah, no It'd doubt. Be completely different. Uh, real uh, quickly, Chargers, Raiders, I think. Was that going to be your next one? Yep, 24, Chargers, Raiders, 17. Staley, again, fourth and one, on side of his field, goes for it, fails. They somehow still win. Now, my question would be, do the numbers take into account who's playing quarterback for the other team? That the See, those are the variables in all this stuff. that Because I would have made a rookie quarterback making his first start drive at 80 yards. Punt it. But last week, I don't have a problem with it versus Kirk Cousins. Also, does it take into account that Khalil Mack had six sacks already in that game? <sighs> six in one game. I know. I don't know. I again, that's it's. It, it, I I don't know. I I don't think it does. I think it's. I I think that may be my my one biggest problem is that some of those numbers are taken in a vacuum, and it's yeah. It's hard to like like I have no problem going for it there when you're playing against Kirk Cousins and you say. If we punt it, there's a good chance they're going to get in. This guy's been in this position before. I don't even really have a problem with going for it if it's Garoppolo. But when it's a rookie quarterback and you're just going to give him a short field if you don't get it, why not? Why not make the make them go 75 yards? It's like what I said earlier. It it takes into account some random game from 1986. I don't know. It's just, just true. It's just pure data, and I don't. I don't know. Yeah, there's still got to be All some right. art to it, in my opinion. All right, next um, one, San Francisco 35, Arizona 16. It was 21, it was 21 16, I think, in the fourth quarter. Definitely in the second yeah. half. It was closer yeah. than that final score. We'll but, say again. I mean, obviously, there haven't been the necessarily the results other than beating the Cowboys that the Cardinals probably want, but Gannon's done a really nice job there uh coaching a team that a lot of people thought were going to be by far and away the worst team in the NFL. They've been competitive every week and They've done a really nice job with a with a quarterback again who's been there a month and he's Dobbs has played great for him. Yeah, they've definitely surpassed any expectations. Everyone was saying they wouldn't even win a game. So even even at one and three, I mean they were in that game competitively against arguably the best team in the NFL. That just shows yeah. the NFL, right? How competitive it is. Yep, every single week. Speaking of not as not as competitive. Dallas 38, your old team, New England three. Which Mac old Jones? Teams, both old teams. Um oh, good point. Yeah. Uh man, that was rough. Um I don't I don't I mean it was Is obviously he- dominant by the Cowboys. Um like just and they keep scoring defensive touchdowns. Now, can that hold up? I don't know. I'm not sure if you can count you can't count on that all year long. Um, so I'd like to see what happens when I would like to see what happens when they play a team that protects the football, which is what happened against Arizona. Um, now you can't count on rushing for 200 yards every week either, but like, like Arizona did. Um, but the, the Cowboys defense is obviously very, very good. I just don't know that you can count on scoring points on defense every single week. Yeah. The red zone offense, I think I read is the, like the iffy part of that team like yes and Dak get it done in the red zone if so then obviously with that defense yeah all right uh, the Sunday night game 
was awesome. Kansas yes. City 23, Jets 20. Zach Wilson outplayed Mahomes. 100. That's got to be. He played amazing. He did. He played great. Now, and I will say this: he also he dropped that snap. Can't do yeah. that. But he stood up there at the podium and and took responsibility for it. And you know, like like not like he didn't try and deflect in any way. Like maybe you saw a little bit of last year. I think when the initial benching happened, yeah. he totally totally took the blame and took responsibility and you saw a little bit more maturity i was really happy for him i mean i know i kind of towed the line on talking about you know like he so far i've felt bad for him because he didn't look like he should have been picked number two overall at all and that's why he was in some of those situations is because he was picked number two overall it looked like a a no-win situation for a guy that shouldn't have been picked there to be quite honest with you he looked like he actually had a, he looked like he, you know, had a chance last night and that was really, it, or Sunday night. And it was actually, it was, it was fun to watch. I, w- I was really happy for him the way he played um, on the other side. Probably the worst game I've seen Mahomes play. Some, some of the, um, the two interceptions he threw were, I've never seen one. I've never seen a quarterback do that, let alone him. The only thing I've seen remotely close was Derek Carr's interception against the Panthers on Monday night. I don't know if you saw that one where he just lobbed it up into like triple coverage. And it was the easiest yeah. interception. Like what, yeah. what was he thinking? Cause Mahomes, when he came off the first one, he was like practicing as like almost like he was doing a basketball shot. AK, well, like, he's I just so didn't... Good at, he, he is typically so good at those types of passes. And I will say there is like a major art to that. And he seems to have always you know, put those right where they need to be. That was the first one I've seen him underthrow, and he underthrew it by like five yards. And then the yeah, next okay. one was sort of similar. He tried to throw it over Mosley, and obviously Mosley's a very, very good player, but I don't think Kelsey had a chance to catch it regardless if Mosley was there no. or not. So uh, certainly just, you know, it's just I, I, he's beyond proven that, you know, it's just a bad night, and I'm sure they'll be just fine. They still found a way to win, so – I liked what he said after where, you know, they battled a little bit of that last year, whether it's complacency or whatever it may be, where they they don't play their best and they still find a way to win. And so, um, you know, that prepares you for those games later on in the season. Yeah. Uh, real Monday night football, you know, it was Seattle, uh, Seattle 24, New York Giants 3. Giants have scored, is it six points at home? Didn't they or no three points? Is that right? Forty nothing um, to Dallas. Yeah, I think that's right. It's like this lowest amount ever. I think in NFL, it's something's wrong with the offense. And I'm gonna Danny Dimes gets all the the blame, but I'm gonna point some at the offensive line and just everything. Well, you, gotta defend, you gotta defend. He's running for his life. We gotta defend your boy, Latin boy. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased clearly, but I mean, yeah. He has no, how is he going to do anything? He's sad. No, he didn't have much chance with the, way, with the way they're blocking. It's, it's, you see that you, you see this time and time again. It's just, you know, and always, always and forever, quarterbacks are going to get too much credit when they win and too much blame when they lose. But that's why this is the ultimate team game is you literally can't do it without the other guys. Now, a great quarterback can sometimes mask some issues elsewhere, but when you don't have any time to throw, you don't have a chance. So, yeah. panic. Is that about do it? panic in new york or 
this is another regression to the mean situation. I don't know that they that they had much chance to be the same team as they were last year because they overperformed in my opinion at least watching them last year they overperformed so far above expectation. I think it was kind of easy to see that they were going to have a hard time doing that again this year. Yeah. Or yeah. anything remotely yeah. close to that. Um that wraps up NFL that wraps that about up. does it. I forgot. I, I failed to mention. I got to. I, I I keep doing this. I have a note here. We gotta. I gotta do a quick little shout out to my boy Chance Chancellor, aka Connor Floyd, for the intro and outro to the Neverbends. Um, fire. Yeah, and he pulled it together like very quickly. So multi talented actor, football player, and what do you call that? DJ. I don't know. Shout out Connor. DJ Floyd. Yeah. On the ones and twos. DJ Very, very um, talented. Well, that wraps up the recap. Uh, do you want to intro into who our guest is going to be? Yeah. We're so we're do... going to do something a little differently this week. We have, uh, we're going to try and release two episodes. We've, we've, we've obviously just listened or watched our recap. We, uh, we have a very special, um, uh, guest coming up later this week, good friend to both uh, Burst and I, and uh, we're very excited to invite, to have, not to invite, to have Luke Keekley on, uh, coming on later this week. So we're going to learn a little bit about Luke's story. I would like to get Luke's perspective in general on just some things going on in the NFL, um, just from the other side of the ball. Um, listen to someone who's as smart of a football player as we've seen in the NFL, at least in my time. Um, I'll ask him a little bit about why he enjoyed ruining practices so much for me at uh, when I was playing quarterback. And um, yeah, anything to add there? No, uh, we'll have some good fan mail. We've already received a bunch of good questions for him, kind of like we did with Baker. And then we'll have JJ on again and do that segment as well. But absolutely, we'll, uh, we'll see you later this week. Bye now. Never bends out.